The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It is 8 minutes after 10 a.m. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've just joined us, if you've been with us, thank you so much uh, for having been with us. It really is an honor and a pleasure being in your company. We are at the Etequini Energy Transformation Summit here at the Durban ICC. Uh, and I'm looking forward to engaging on energy matters. If, if, if you're a resident of the, uh, of the city of Etequini, I'd love to hear from you. The city of Etequini has endured a lot in the last couple of couple of years i would say they had a pre covid flood that 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 damaged the infrastructure of the city and part of it would have included the electri- electricity infrastructure they had a mid and post covid flood that further exacerbated that situation parts of etequini has no electricity in fact the last time i was here in, in durban i was in mtlanga and i heard a transformation a transformer blow up um, and, and no doubt that certainly must have exacerbated the situation. And so there's a real energy crisis in South Africa, but a peculiar and particular one in the city of Etequini. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 086-000-2032. What do, you, what do you make of the idea of the city of Etequini procuring electricity from IPPs? I'd love to hear from you. Zbun Chalin Chali, the manager at, of the energy office in the city of Etequini, is with us. Zbun, good morning, man. How are you doing? Uh, good morning also to your listeners and welcome to Devon. Uh, we've got a very, very remarkable energy transformation summit that is underway already. Mm. Um, as I speak with you right now, His Worship the Mayor of Etiquini is delivering his city keynote address right now to talk about all these issues that are facing Etiquini Metropolitan, not only within the context of electricity, but also within the context of liquid fuel industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. 3,000 uh, megawatts, that's what you guys are looking at? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not the figure that we just woke up in the morning and just decided yeah, to how did you get 3,000. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's something that has gone through to a very extensive public participation process. Um, and we have worked together with our, um, with our residents in the Teguini municipality, the industry at large. Um, but in terms of breaking down that 3,000 megawatts in total, um, we're looking at uh, 400 megawatts. That is our short-term interventions. And that particular process of 400 megawatts has already undergone quite an extensive approval process with our provincial government as well as our national government. We have received the concurrencies with our economic development, tourism, and, and environmental affairs in the province of Wazum Natal. We have also received approvals from our KZN Treasury. We have also received approval from our COGDA and as well as our national treasury. So we are at a stage where we are putting together all the procurement processes yeah. and, and the frameworks that will be releasing our RFP into the market very soon. Yeah, so who are you f- buying from? Well, that will be determined after the procurement process. But at this point in time, the 400 megawatts that we have is 100 megawatts of solar PV, and we've got 300 megawatts of gas. And the reason for that really is around energy security. And that is why the theme of our today Energy Transformation mm. Summit is around building so that, so energy that, security. So that 400 megawatts, who, who, who are you buying it from? No, no, we will buy from independent power producers. So do you already have the 400 megawatts? No, 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 no. Uh, we are still yet to go to a procurement process. Right, And right. then after oh, that so, be, Oh, okay. I, yeah. I think I'm understanding now. 3,000 is the target you're starting first. Let's call it phase one. Yeah. With so 400 megawatts. 400 megawatts is phase one, correct. Uh, 100 megawatts of uh, uh, solar and 100. But there are potential players here today. Who are you talking to? Who are you shaking hands with? 
<laughs> well, definitely. Um, I mean, you remember that uh, last year, at, no, no, not last year, 2021, we released an RFI into the market request for information calling yeah. for 400 megawatts. And we received an overwhelming support, you know, from local investors and international investors to a tune of about 16.5 gigawatts. And that 16.5 gigawatts really tells you that there is a fantastic opportunity in the province of KwaZulu-Natal and more in particular in Deben. So the investors are looking for opportunities. And that is why mm -hmm. in this energy transformation summit, part of our goal is to ensure that we are clean. So, so supply is there, you just need to buy it? Yeah, the supply is there. Um, but obviously, when you buy it, you need to ensure that there is a, a tangible feasibility study. And, right. and most importantly, it's about tariffs as well. Yeah, how much are you paying for that 400 megawatts? Well, that will come up in our procurement process. How much, we, how much we, did you earmark? Well, at this point in time, we have looked at the market for gas, um, in particular in Eteguini municipality, and yeah. based to the evidence that we have seen through our request for information, you're looking at around 1,600 um, per megawatt hour, which is around 160 cents a kilowatt hour for gas, which is a good price. You're looking at, you know, considering the fact that, you know, the gas market um, all over the globe has been very much... What are you currently paying ESCOM for the same unit? Um, we definitely paying around on average basically because the tariff structure yeah. for ESCOM is, is a little bit complicated yes, because yes, you yes. have to take into consideration whether it's an off-peak period, whether it's a standard peak period, whether it's a, it's a peak period and we have to take consideration whether it's a, it's a, it's a winter season or it's a, mm. it's a summer season. So on average basically you, you may pay around 1,250 per megawatt hour which is roughly around 125 cents a kilowatt hour. So 125 cents a kilowatt hour from ESCOM and your renewable partners are uh, you, what did you earmark one rent 25 well i was i was talking about specifically for gas um for solar you can see that through our rfi we've got the price which is around you know 460 per, per, per megawatt hour which is around 46 cents a kilowatt hour so which is far cheaper than which what is like 30 percent of the yeah, price which is far cheaper than 35 percent yeah, of the price yeah. far cheaper than what you buy from escom but obviously what we're looking for is that in the long term you right, know, and right, you right. know that the ipps you know their contracts basically are you know, attached, like you know, to the inflation, yeah. you know, so yeah. you are able to predict, you know, what could be the price in the next mm -hmm. 10, 15 or 20 years. Whereas for ESCOM, the price um, is increasing or escalating, not in, in line with the inflation. And that are is there, a big problem for us. Are there existing solar farms in KZN? Well, unfortunately, um, KZN has been missing, you know, in the entire energy transformation in the mm. country that is happening whether you talk about reprogram whether you talk about coal ipp whether you talk about nuclear or anything kzn has been missing to be honest and, and that is why the main purpose of these energy transformation summits is to rapidly industrialize kzn raise the voice of kzn into the energy crisis that we are facing as a country but secondly it's about ensuring that etiwini plays a huge role in terms of you know, sharing the information with other regional municipalities because it's just not about procuring power, but it's about capacity and skills that you have in your organization. How much does the certificate equity currently owe ESCOM? We don't know. You don't owe ESCOM? <laughs> we, don't, we don't owe anything. <laughs> it, could, it, could, it could be the other way around. You may not. Yeah, yeah it could be the other way around. Congratulations on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, infrastructure is a, is, a, is a big part of this and when you bring on new energy sources you have to make sure you have the infrastructure to carry that absolutely uh, what is what is the state and the health of the electricity infrastructure in the city of Etikini? well of course um obviously before you bring new generation capacity into the system you've got to look at what is a grid capacity that is available in our substations 
and that has been already comprehensively done you know in our request for information sure. our electricity department has been working very hard you know to come up with numbers to say for this particular substation we have so much capacity that is available so that you are able to integrate the new generation capacity so the state of our infrastructure has been heavily damaged obviously by floods but we are slowly recovering and getting back to equilibrium in terms of having the health state infrastructure in the future and our electricity department obviously has been working very hard not only with Etequini but with our provincial mm. government as well in order to turn around in, the situation. How much do you need to investigate it on par? You mean the infrastructure, infrastructure or new yeah. generation capacity? No, I mean, no, 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 infrastructure. You, I may not have the figure at this point in time, but obviously um, in terms of power generation, we're looking at that 324 billion rent. That's Jeez. what. Do you have that money? That is an investment that we are anticipating, you know, from private you know, sector in terms of building power generation infrastructure. So you're you hoping know, that private sector partners would come on and build that for you? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the private sector has is been waiting. Is Absolutely, as I've said, that in our RFI we received about 16.5 gigawatts of whipping, you know, international investors, local investors. So there's a massive, massive infrastructure uh, support that we get from private investors, not only local but international as well, because our role really is to turn around the entire economy of KZN, not mm -hmm. only looking at the Tequini, but turn around the Do you entire want to give us names of, of big uh, corporate, uh, both local and international partners? Is Grindrod one of them? Let's oh, well, I cannot mention names, but obviously, you know, we have got the support. You know, I'll so, throw out so names, you say yes or no. Grindrod? I don't know anything. M MSC? <laughs> Well, I don't know even whether they're in the energy industry, uh, but but I think anyone we welcome anyone in the Teguini, you know. But yeah. provided that, that we are able to put forward a bankable um, proposal, you know, that's what we're looking for. You sure. know, a bankable proposal that will ensure that the residents of Teguini are able to, you know, to buy to pay for electricity at a rate that is affordable. Timelines. What's the timeline on the 400 megawatts? What's the timeline on the 3,000 megawatts? Well, the commercial operation date that we are anticipating for um, a 100 megawatt solar PV, which is a part of the broader batch of 400 megawatts, it's, it's 2025, um, meaning that you know the plant is more likely to come online in 2025. Sure. And for gas to power, which is 300 megawatts, um, we anticipate that it will come early for the first quarter of 2026. But the overall 3,000 megawatts, because we'll still be building other you know, power generation infrastructure, the overall timeline is that by 2035, a Teguini should be self-sufficient. A Teguini should have energy independence, you know, mm. and a Teguini should be able to distribute electricity not only within a Teguini but across the province of Kwasum Natal. Mm. That is a bigger goal that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it seems to have it all figured out. Why are we here? We are here today um, with our political leadership. We are here today with our provincial leadership, you know, to talk about the implementation of this particular plan, which is already at a, at a very, very advanced stage. But we also want to give a feedback to our people, the residents of Eteguini, in terms of where we are according to our energy transition policy. Because when we built that energy transition policy, it was built not by only Eteguini, but it was a through public participation consultation. That was done with So we're here to get feedback on that public We are here to give feedback to our people in terms of where we are. But most importantly, it's about building the partnership with independent power producers in terms of what we have in our investment pipeline. Are there areas and homes in Etequini that historic or flood-related reasons do not have electricity right now? We do have. We do what, have. What, what percentage of homes are we looking at? Well, I cannot give you the numbers, but I can tell you that, um, you know, the we have got what we call a one-is-to-one program, which means um, it's a... Um, 
it's a one household, one panel solar system for each and every household. I mean, we'll be launching that particular pro program tomorrow and um, where we will be targeting all the segments that does not have electricity at all. You know, and how best can you utilize renewable energy in order to power those? So, what does that mean? You're gonna go. You're gonna go to the most remote parts of uh, of the of, country. Of, of, yeah, of of, of, the of, of the city. Yeah, and you're gonna give households solar panels. Exactly. And you're gonna install it for them. Exactly. I mean, right. that's that, that's a plan that we have at this point in time, so that we can increase our electrification. How many solar rate. panels? It's one household. Yeah, one but solar how many panel. solar panels are you giving away? Well, we haven't figured it out at this point in time, but yeah, you will hear more about it tomorrow. I'm, <laughs> not, here, I'm, I'm not here tomorrow. You guys only have us here today, so you may, well, as, well, the, the you details, may as well tell me now. The details will be unpacked by the mayor tomorrow. <laughs> uh, okay, how much is invested in that program? Well, we have not invested anything. It's some sort of a grant funding that we are getting, you know, yeah. from... And, from the, and those UK. households that we're speaking about, mm. they, they're in parts that don't have electricity at all because they haven't been connected to the grid, or is yeah. it because the floods damage? We them? are targeting those that have never been connected at all because we believe that energy should be accessible to everyone in africa you still have about yeah. 600 million people who doesn't have an access to yeah. electricity at all so we believe that everyone deserve an opportunity to have electricity and we are also going yeah. to look at those that has been affected by flights and so forth and so forth so, i mean you, you you don't have the numbers at the top of that but give me an estimation a percentage <laughs> i mean you're an energy expert here you must have an idea you must have what did the feasibility study tell you well the mayor will tell you about it tomorrow <laughs> i'm not allowed no, to talk I'm about asking, what the mayor is you good. can't tell me you can't tell me how many panels that's fine we've moved on how many households right now as a percentage of the population of the city of Etiquini? Well, I can give you the number. Is it 5? Is it 10%? Okay. Is it 15? Is it 20? Where are we? I, I cannot give you the, the percentage, but I can tell you that um, starting when we launched that particular program, we're targeting 100 households in the Etiquini municipality to roll out to that one-to-one -one program. So each right. and every household must have a solar PV together with a battery um, to have electricity. And those are human settlements that does not have electricity at all. That does is our tag. Does it include informal settlements? I don't know if Etoquini has an informal settlement yes, we crisis, do. but does it include? Yeah, we are also targeting the informal settlement as well. But obviously, it is going to be the first phase, and then we'll have other phases that we're so, going so, to roll out. So you know what's going to happen now, right? Yeah. I'm going to have people call me next week and say, yeah, Oliver, you were speaking to uh, Zbu, and um, he said that we we're going to get these solar PVs, and I have <laughs> no electricity. I haven't had since the start of democracy. Uh, and I'm going to have to handle, or at least these... Uh, Lebu here and Kanya back in our Joburg studio are going to feel those sorts of calls. Uh, people are going to say, where can we access this thing? And, and we're not going to have the answer. So you may as well give those answers now. Yeah. I yeah, know details uh, are coming tomorrow, yeah, but I'm yeah. not here tomorrow. Okay. Um, the, the, the best thing that we can do, um, obviously we are reachable. Um, we, we have got a dedicated electricity department and energy office that are working on that. Um, our website, www.deben.gov.za. But I mean, um, if people don't have electricity, they surely don't have internet. <laughs> Yeah, we have our Cesagala centers as well, all What's around that? the Tewini municipality. You know, the centers that have been built, especially for those communities that are living in informal settlement and far away from the city. So the Cesagala centers are there and they offer all the services of the municipality. So if you don't have any connection to the internet, you can go to your nearest Cesagala center. You will get all the information that you need. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. Do you believe Zbu right now? 086-000-2032. I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments on this conversation we're currently having. I'm also, uh, a little later on, going to be speaking to uh, the executive mayor here in uh, 
the city of Etekwini, and I'll be fielding some of those questions to him as well. But I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614104107. I'm in conversation with Spoon Charlie Charlie, the manager of the energy office here in the city of Etekwini. And just just uh, on 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 that relation to timelines and 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 uh, we hope that it 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 will go onto the grid. You mentioned there's a worry that I have, uh, and hopefully you can close that information gap for me. Mm. You mentioned that there's a infrastructure for new generation uh, infrastructure investment that needs to happen for new generation to be able to bring it onto the grid, right? Yeah. We're talking here. You mentioned a figure of three hundred and something odd uh, million rand. Uh, billion, was it billion rand? Yeah, the overall infrastructure investment that we are anticipating from the private yeah, sector. And you're hoping to get that from the private and sector. And we're going to get it, yeah. And if you don't get it, does that mean that you are not able to bring the new generation onto the grid? Remember, uh, the, 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 the market is driven by the demand. You know, in the Teguini, we have got a demand, and our demand is that we need to reduce our reliance on ESCOM. Sure. So the, it is a function and the, and the mindset of the municipality to create an enabling environment for private investors. So that is what we are currently doing at this point in yeah. time. So our policy regulates what we build, when to build, and how to build. So that's, that's what investors that they have at this point in time. So there is a demand for market, so surely investment will come flowing to Devon. Yeah, but again, so if that investment doesn't come, because there's a political question. I'm not going to ask you that question because you're not the politician. Yeah, I'll ask yeah. it to the politicians. There, there may be a distrust that the private sector has with the city of Etik when you're saying, yeah, but we gave you guys had a streetlight project of 91 million rand that ballooned to over half a billion, right? How can we trust you with our investment, right? It's, it's unfair to ask you that question. You're merely just an officer okay. in the city. But I'm then asking, if the private sector is reluctant to investing, does that mean that the project of new generation will not get off the ground if the investment in the infrastructure doesn't happen. Okay, yeah, no, definitely, uh, although we don't anticipate that, but um, you, you know there are different models. First of all, the private investment does not necessarily mean that the private investor will give a Teguini the money yeah. you know, to build infrastructure. It, they remember, will build it. Yeah, they will build it. Teguini does not build any infrastructure. We don't have money to build any infrastructure. We're not operating infrastructure. We're not going to maintain any infrastructure. It is going to be a sole function of the private, of an independent Will they own producer. that infrastructure? They will own that infrastructure, and that is why we are calling for a public-private partnership. After a, a certain period of time, because we will sign the power pages agreement of about, say, 10 to 15 years, and then after 10 years, that infrastructure will then be registered as an asset of the municipality. Obviously, that will be a contractual obligation mm -hmm. that we'll have in, under the public-private partnership. So, a city, Are they happy with those concessions, this, 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 the people this, you've spoken to? We, we have tested the market already. Yeah. I mean, we, they are happy. Remember that Deben is in the forefront of every energy transformation that is happening in the country. You know, and, and the investors are more than happy, sure. you know, to invest in them. So, so, I mean, we would have not achieved 16.5 gigawatts in total, you yeah. know, if the investors are not happy about that. Transition policy is a first of its kind in South Africa, and the investors are very happy about it. We have got a clear strategic goals in terms of what is it that we want to achieve, not only for Eteguini, yeah. but for a broader KZN province going forward, even exporting you, power to other provinces as you, well. Do, just to mitigate some of the risks, do you currently have capacity in your in, in your grid capacity to take on some of that 400 megawatts? Eteguini is operating transmission and distribution network. We do have capacity, and that's what we have tested already. So even without the new build of new infrastructure for new generation to come on, you do have space in your current 
yes, capacity yes, to we take co- on we, some we of them? currently do. How yeah. much? We, depending on the number of substations, some, some substations can take 100 megawatts, some substations can take up to 300 megawatts. So we have got quite a number of substations in the city that and obviously capacity. that have capacity. And that is our advantage as well as a Tegwini that we are able to you know, um, facilitated yeah. investment because we already have the capacity in the grid. The whole KZN region has a capacity of about 6,000 megawatts. Yeah. It's, a, it's a second biggest capacity grid that is available in the country. You have Malawi. capacity for 6,000 megawatts. What are you currently distributing? It, to our residents, we are currently distributing around 11,700 um, gigawatts hours per annum. So that's what we are currently procuring from ESCOM. What percentage of your total capacity is that? What in terms of what? yeah, what you're currently distributing? I mean, all and of our electricity yeah, comes from. And what capacity are you distributing at the moment? We are currently distributing around 1,800 megawatts. Is that your complete? Full that is our electricity demand in Devon. Oh, that's your demand. Yeah, oh, Devin, okay. Correct. I've got it. I've got it. I yeah. want us to have a listen at this WhatsApp voice note that has come through on our WhatsApp line. <laughs> Oliver Dixon, it's between Devon here. Uh, you know. You having the car that you have there uh, and the studio, you know, everything that is, it looks like he's very clear. It's, it sounds like he's very clear. He knows his figures. Uh, he knows uh, how everything's going to be done. You know, I'm not an energy expert, but he does restore some confidence to me, like in the government of the Italian and their world to make sure that the issue of electricity that we have in, in, in KZN, or I mean, like in the Italian region, like it does. A resolve. So, thank you so much. So, I'm just hoping that everything will be exactly how we how we say it. Yeah, I want us to take a, a, a caller, but before we do, I really do want uh, want you to respond to this voice note and, and, and the call on the other side of this. Johnny in Pulugwane, I'll be coming to your call very shortly, but do shoot us a call, 86 2032 and i'm also taking a whatsapp voice on 0614104107 let's take a quick short break taking the news headlines we're taking some of your calls give us a call 0860002032 johnny in pulukwane johnny good morning johnny seems like we have lost johnny uh, in pulukwane uh let's let's take some of your whatsapp voice notes let's have a listen to some of these voice notes <laughs> Devin, in the forefront you don't even have a solar power plant anywhere near Devon. What is this guy talking about? Oliver, if this guy came there to have some pictures taken, please take the photos and then let the guy go. Oliver, please, man. This guy doesn't know nothing. He doesn't have any answers. I don't know why he even bothered to come there. Please, man. Yarr. Oliver, good morning. Please ask your guest. You're talking about capacity. What capacity? Has he got stuff capacity? They take three weeks to repair an electricity problem so you mustn't come and mislead the, the citizens and the international investors in your forum thank you bye thank you yeah Zbou, how are you at the forefront when you don't have power pl- uh, solar plants or even wind plants well when i'm say we are in the forefront we we talk about from the policy perspective and we talk so about you've got nice papers we we have got nice papers but we have got also nice concrete plans that has been built by Etequini together yeah. with our residents so everyone has got a voice in our energy transformation mix yeah how how long were these uh, public consultations running for and how many people how many residents participated 
Well, I, do have, I don't have the figures in yeah. terms of how many people participated, but we have rolled out our public participation at Mlazi. We have rolled out with our academic institutions. We have rolled out our public participation with all the energy stakeholders yeah. as well. We have done the public participation within our provincial government as well because we understand that the energy is a catalyst for economic development. There is absolutely no way that our economy yeah. can grow if you if you are declining in energy security what so, level of support are you guys getting from the provincial and even the national government for this program well i've already mentioned that we've got all the concurrencies and uh, and approvals you know from our provincial executive council and uh, we are very much clear in terms of our energy transformation in terms of creation of jobs in terms of bringing back and yeah. restore energy security not only within the context of the tegwind but across the process this is going to create jobs you say sorry is this going to create jobs, you say? That I hear absolutely, you absolutely. We, we are going to create yeah. jobs across the supply value chain. So you have to understand that Eteguini is an only city in South Africa that has got a solar power manufacturer. You know, we've got an assembling point here in Pinetown. How a do you have the assembly point and the manufacturer, but you don't have the plants? Well, that's what we are trying to do. <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, that, that, that's a whole yeah. energy reforms that right. we are currently right. trying to do, that we yeah. want to achieve in the Teguini. You know, we know that, you know, you know, KZN generally have not been building power plants. Generally, we've got about two or three power plants, the Avon picking power plant. We've got Grand Ingula in drunk and drunk aspect pumping schemes. Those are the only power generation mm. infrastructure that we have. And we cannot have a second biggest economy in a country that does not have energy security. And that's what we are trying to turn around here. Uh, to that extent, how many jobs? Well, the 400 megawatts that we are proposing, uh, that has been endorsed, by the way, um, we are talking about 8,000 jobs. That is a first phase. We are talking about so 8,000 jobs between yeah. now and 2025. We is 8,000 jobs of construction, but obviously after construction, there will be operational and maintenance jobs going forward. Right. So yeah. in 2025, when we look back, the figure will have reached 8,000. We may, we may start construction uh, before the end of this year. You know, remember that the, yeah. we are in the state of disaster already, the electricity crisis in the country that has been declared by our state president. And we may start the construction before the end of this year. So the yeah. 8,000 jobs that I'm talking about, those are the jobs that could be created before the end of this year, construction mm. jobs. Mm. And obviously, once the construction has been completed, you will have operational and maintenance jobs. Those people that will be running, you know, the power plant in order to ensure that we have sufficient capacity, you know, mm. into the grid. Let's go to the lines. Olani in Jobak. Uh, Olani, good morning. Oh, Olani. Sorry for that. Okay. I wanted to ask one question for, for your speaker there, or your guest, um, and especially on the job side. You were saying you'll be creating 8,000 jobs initially. And tell me, on import part, what part are you importing? Do you import the solar panel? A solar panel manufactured or going to be manufactured in Tehran? Or what, what's that? Part? I wanted to find that more. Yeah, thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Do you have an answer to that, Spoo? Well, absolutely. Um, in, in terms of the 100, because we, we have got 100 megawatts under 400 um, megawatts, which is our first batch. Um, we have got, I've mentioned that we've got the assembling point here in Durban. We hope that we'll be, you know, working with all those industries in order to ensure that the manufacturing capacity does happen in the country. But we also need to 
take into consideration the fact that some of the components will be imported into the country. Uh, the country is not at a stage where our manufacturing capability has reached 100%. Yeah. So we believe that as time goes by, because at the forefront of our energy policy is around industrialization, we need to ensure that we have got um, a very solid manufacturing supply value chain, and that is why we are advocating for even more manufacturers of solar power plants mm -hmm. here, so that we can reduce the imports you know, of those components so, therefore, so that we can obviously reduce also the impact in terms of geopolitical mm, mm. Yeah, risk. Uh, let's go to Bhutan and Rosebank. Bhutana, good morning. Good morning, uh, Oliver. Just a question to your guest there. Uh, how often will these panels be maintained? Yeah. And uh, what will be the last span of this uh, panel? Meaning by when then we have to replace them and get new ones? That's a brilliant question. Uh, well, of course, um, I'm not a manufacturer, but what I know is that the solar power plant is, is, is got the lifespan of about 20 to 30 years. Obviously, after 20 years, we'll have to um, maintain the infrastructure up to 30 years. So the lifespan is around 20 to 30 years, depending on how good you are in terms of maintenance. So that's what we, we could give at this point in time. Will you be providing free wear and tear and maintenance to the 100 households you'll be giving solar panels to? Well, we will still have to figure it out to that. You know, the structure of our contractual basis in terms of how are we going to work with all those communities. Um, we haven't drilled down into those details at this point in time. Yeah. KG Bloomfontein, I'll be coming to your call very shortly. Let's just take a quick break. Give me a call. 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial. 86 Triple zero two zero three two. I'm taking your WhatsApp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. If you have any questions or comments on this conversation, KG in Bloemfontein. KG, good morning. Thank you very much for taking my call. I just want to establish from that particular gentleman. Will they be willing to be very open and transparent with this whole process? As to inform us from who are they buying this panel? Yes. Own this company. And uh, number two is uh, are they going into this project uh, purely with the interest of the citizens at the heart? Or are they going into this project with a criminal mind like they always do? <laughs> Yeah, good question. Thank you so much for that. I really, really do appreciate it, KG. There is a trust deficit, Boo, and, 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 and you can understand why there is one. But you need residents to cooperate for that trust deficit to not impact uh, and, 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 and I guess, uh, you know, damage this project and, and sabotage this project. So to that extent, what level of transparency can people expect? Yeah, um, I think it's a very good question, uh, to be honest. Um, the transparent processes that we have, in fact, all our supply chain management processes are subjected to to transparency and openness, you know, as to as, as per the Bantu Bele principles. And we believe that um, during our adjudication process, we'll do it openly. 
you know, maybe will come here at ICC and do our adjudication process. So in terms of the involvement as well, I would believe that as we are here at ICC today, this is a session to give back to our communities yeah. in terms of where we are in terms of the implementation of that energy transition policy. So, so people so will see all the bids? They'll see the comp comparison of all the bids? It's law. It's law in South Africa. Even at National Department mm -hmm. of Mineral Resources and Energy, the minister always, you know, issue out a statement and detail out who has won the tender, what is a contract, Not with IPPs. With IPPs, correct. So the name... No, I'm saying not with IPPs. We don't know who the bid window one and bid window two uh, winners were, for instance, who received those contracts. We don't. They've yeah. kept it under the a shroud of, of, the of, of name secrecy. Will be there. The trading name will be there. And that will be a requirement even from our side. Remember that at the center of all these procurements is a radical economic transformation. I'm talking within the context of Eteguini. There is a radical economic transformation that is served to ensure that we're not leaving our people behind. You cannot transition uh, to something else while you're leaving your people behind. So our people will be part of our transparent process going forward. Yeah, so it will be clear who won the bid? who it, the owners it, of we, those companies are and all of obviously that. Obviously, we will even have a signing ceremony for Papages Agreements. <laughs> we will invite our people. <laughs> I'd love to see how that plays out. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. Uh, let's take Rajesh out in Durban. Rajesh, good morning. Um, team as well as the listeners. Uh, just to comment, with regards to electricity, uh, apart from electricity, the municipality on the whole uh, is actually failing us because uh, I live in an area called Phoenix and we have water shedding, we have load shedding. Uh, apart from that, infrastructure, slides are out. Um, the electricity department is in shambles. I mean, now we're going to take on new projects, adding new funds into that. And how do we manage something brand new when we don't manage what is existing? And so to me, that will obviously put us in a negative. When you look mm. at it and you think to yourself, well, if we're going to build new infrastructure and the old cannot be maintained, how will we maintain the new infrastructure going forward? Mm -hmm. Good question. Uh, you don't work in the electricity department. You work in the energy department. Yeah, but they, but they, you have an idea of what's going on? Uh, well, obviously, um, I cannot talk more about the power outages and the electrical infrastructure and so on because that's a mandate of another department. So I work in the energy department, and I think our mandate really is around bringing more power generation infrastructure. And, and let me very be specific that the infrastructure that we're talking about here is a buildup of power plants. It is, has got nothing to do with the grid. You know, the grid infrastructure and maintenance is a minded of another department. But what we say... Is the grid well maintained here? Well, it is well maintained. Our electricity department is doing a fantastic job with regards to that. Do you guys have outages as a result of grid failure or is it only ESCOM related? Well, it could be ESCOM related, um, but obviously we are also interconnected to ESCOM. So, so we may have some outages during the day. But maybe those could be scheduled, you know, outages, obviously. So this is, I'm not, this is not load shedding. I'm talking about outages outside yeah, of load shedding. There could be some outages. during. But I can tell you that uh, the city is working very hard to deal with all those outages. They are very minimal. Okay. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. Um, the premier of KwaZulu-Natal, Nomusa uh, Dubengube, she has just delivered her speech. Um, and hopefully we'll get an opportunity to speak to her as well. She had just spoken, uh, opening up this particular summit, this particular conference, uh, delivering a key message of support as well as, um, you know, 
speaking about the partnership and the contribution that the provincial government is making to this particular project. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to speak to the Premier as well as the Mayor. They currently still are in the conference venue, so hopefully we'll get, um, hopefully they don't come out too late. Uh, and hopefully we get to have that conversation with them and get some input from them and ask them some of these tough questions, especially these politically uh, flammable questions. Uh, such as the trust deficit, because a lot of people are not trusting that this project won't be fraught with irregularities and, and let's call it corruption, right? And that is current, uh, incredibly important. Martin in Cape Town. Martin, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, Martin. Go ahead. Oh, Martin, your line is not so great. Can I ask you to be just hold steady there? Martin? Yes, can you hear me now? Oh, perfect. Now we can. Go ahead. Yes, I'm, I just wanted to find out from the gentleman there. Uh, I've seen so many constructions of, like, around Northern State, where you will find that there's a lot of uh, temporary, I would say, construction people, like labor, all those things. But the impact project is closed. You will find only about five professional people. Like, I don't know even if it's permanent or what. So, when you speak of creating jobs, he's actually talking about the 8,000 he's referring to. Is it just for construction? Or are they looking at making sure that even after the project has been completed, there's permanent equipment that is being created? Because we've got this thing that end of the of the of uh, maybe a, a financial year they will come up with steps and say no we've created this job this return and that's actually not what we do because after construction people go and normally they will employ local people that's for construction after construction they don't have work but those will be recorded as jobs that was created so to me, uh, you can go to Northern Cape now, to all the wind farms there. You won't find more than 20 people. Mm, mm. So Do you want to respond? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Whether you're getting involved or... Yeah. Uh, you, do you want to respond to that? Yeah. Are these, these jobs that you're talking about, are they sustainable to, to the effect that they're not seasonal temporary jobs that uh, a quick plant is going to be constructed in six months and after that those people are out of employment yeah i i think what is very important and i think our our mayor has been articulating that very well to say you know it's not only about sustainability of those jobs but it's about having high paying jobs you know that is our stand with with regards to a radical economic transformation that is our stand with regards to a transformation towards a lower carbon economy we need to to to, to look at the entire supply value chain when you create jobs you look from the manufacturing perspective, you know, how many people that you're going to create there. You're looking from the transportation of those raw materials into the site, how many people that you're creating there. You look at the construction of the power plant itself. You look at the people that will be maintaining and operating the power plant. So the entire value chain, uh, you are going to create more jobs. So coming back to the question, uh, to say out of these 8,000 jobs, we, yeah. we fully agree that the 8,000 jobs that we hope to achieve 
um, would be construction jobs. But we under also understand that about 25% to 30% of that 8,000 job, it will be permanent, sustainable, and high-paying job. Because you got to have people that will be able to maintain the power plant. You need to have people mm. that will operate that particular power plant. But again, what is important, after this phase, we will go for another phase because we need to build a pipeline so that there yeah. is no gaps in between. So the people that you talk about that after the end of the construction, those people are going back to those numbers of unemployment. We will have to try and prevent that by building another phase on top of another phase. So that is the plan yeah. that we have as a team. From your feasibility study, of course, you would have been able to tell what sets of skills you need and how many people are available in the country that have those, those skills. Uh, can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I, I think tomorrow we will be launching a new regional hydrogen strategy. The mayor will launch that particular strategy, you know, with detailed information in terms of what level of skills that will require in the new hydrogen economy. But let's go back to electricity because that's a business of today. Um, the electricity generation, we obviously will require electrical engineers, will require people that will work with the process, process engineers. Yeah. You will require people that will put forward civil works, civil engineers, will require people that will do maintenance, mechanical engineers. We also have um, environmental people. So it's a, it's a diversity of the skill set that we'll be employing going forward. But obviously, I must also mm. mention the point that Etegwini is not building any power plant. We are not operating any power plant. Yeah. We are not maintaining any power plant. What we're having is that we are creating an enabling environment for the private sector to work with us so that we can buy electricity from them. But we will try and enforce those regulations to the, to the private company to ensure that our people are being employed sustainably and are able to get high-paying jobs. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for that call. Let's speak. Let's have a listen at, at these uh, following voice notes. Good morning, Oliver. This is Viv from KZN, uh, Devon to be precise. Uh, your guest there is not speaking the truth because we have power outages every day in the area I live in, which is Reservoir Hills, Clare State, Pine Town, and Musgrave. In fact, the Musgrave power station just blew up the other day because they are switching on and off the power when the systems cannot handle it. So he needs to start off by speaking truth and not lies. Thank you. Oliver, just one question quickly. The capital that will be earmarked for these projects, will they be fixed or will the winning bidder receive an open check? Because as things are going now, they start a project, then all of a sudden, prices escalate because then it's this that is short or that is needed so how is this budget being allocated is it a fixed capital investment or is it an open check if i can put it as such hi oliver can you please ask the gentleman there how much is the total budget for those solar panels please he must give us the value in rents Thank you. Good morning, Oliver. I just wanted to ask the gentleman behind the microphone. Uh, when it comes to protective measures, as far as uh, solar grid is concerned, we might actually observe to say solar panels are on a high demand due to this um, um, non-stop of uh, load shedding, which means people are eyeing that so that you can actually have those uh, uh, solars and um, have a market when they still have such stuffs. 
So what exactly um, has been put in place to protect the grid itself from uh, vandalism or else uh, these uh, thieves which may actually come and steal the stuff? What, what measures has been put in terms of security or securing the place? This is James on town. Good morning. Yeah, a number of questions there, Spoo. Um, in the next five minutes, I hope we can get through all of them. Is this an open check? No, no. Um, let me also outline it again, um, that the city is not putting any capital budget up front. The city is not building anything. The city will only pro procure power from independent power producers. Sure. We are entering into a public-private partnership. So there is no capital budget that is required from the city. The only thing that we'll be doing will be procuring electricity from yeah. the power plant. That will be a capital budget of the private entity. That procurement, is it a pay-as-you-go or is it an upfront payment? No, 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 no. There will be no pay. We will only pay for megawatts and kilowatts that are delivered into a Tegwini electricity grid. Remember that the local government paid for services that are yeah. delivered into the grid. We don't pay for something that is not delivered into the grid. So, so electricity must be generated and that electricity must feed in our grid in order to for us to calculate how many megawatts hours that we've received and then we will pay based mm. on those megawatts hours and that is why it is very important to have a power purchase agreement because that power purchase agreement will then set out the price to say will that agreement be publicly made available that agreement all the bidders that will be successful will be made in public that's part of the transparency yeah that we're talking about. So I think the question with regards to capital budget does not actually talk to the city sure. know, because the city is not pumping any capital cost. With regards to, to, to the protective measures, and, and I understand you know, from the cybersecurity point of view, I understand from the vandalism and theft, and I believe that our electricity department is doing a lot to deal with that. And we have just also put forward a concept that talk about the smart grid you know, development, the modernization of our power grid, you know, in order to ensure that we are able to detect any illegal connection, any theft, any vandalism to our electrical infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And but but vandalism can exist outside of, uh, can go undetected as well, right? Yeah, and that is why we say let's talk about smart grid. Let's talk about the modernization of our power grid. So let's have a more sophisticated system that will be able to detect any information or any a sabotage that may happen into our electrical grid. Yeah, I've got a question here. Is there any role in this for the urban improvement projects? Can those structures engage in power production? That's from Crispin out in Durban. I believe that would be for household um, who want to sell electricity back to the grid. And in terms of if you have a, a house, say, in, in Durban North, and you have your solar PV there, and you are generating electricity and you want to sell back that electricity into the grid. That's where we see the role of urban environment to say, guys, for all those customers, whether at a residential level, whether at commercial level, whether at industrial level, if you have surplus power, you can feed that power back to the grid. I mean, we've got that mechanism since 2019 as a Tewini, and there's a lot that has been done in order to... Are there the households grid. who actually do sell back? Yes, they do. Really? How many? Um, there are quite a number of them. I may not have the details because that is a, an electricity-minded, but we do have such policy in place and we have had yeah. some applications that we have approved. And how much is the buyback tariff? I cannot give you the details. You don't have them or is, <laughs> but is, are I they can secret? Tell you, but I can tell you that it's a little bit below than what we buy from ESCOM for obvious reasons. <laughs> 
And just lastly, one of those uh, voice notes, the first one, in fact, uh, said that you're lying, that uh, the, the voice note from Musgrave, um, that in fact the, the grid does not seem to be very stable here. Well, the grid is stable. Um, and, and if the grid was not stable, we wouldn't be talking about this project today. We wouldn't be launching that particular project today. The grid is stable. We are going to build power plants in Durban and many, many power plants. And those power plants will feed directly to our, to our power grid. How many plants? Uh, do you, do you, how many plants and substations would you need for the 400 uh, megawatts? Well, as I've already mentioned, we've got a grid capacity. Right. Oh, okay. Available. So for the additional? So we, the 400 megawatts that we talk about is 100 megawatts solar PV and there's another 300 gas to power plant in the form of combined cyclic gas turbines. Yeah. Sabu, thank you so much for your time and really, really do appreciate it and for answering all these tough questions. Um, it, <laughs> a lot of them were not easy to answer. Sabu, of course, is uh, the manager of the energy office here in the city of Etiquin.